0: of the Moving to Oneness podcast. Sitting here in Germany, it's already getting dark outside. Winter is approaching. And I have a wonderful guest from a much warmer place where it's more or less morning. Clinton, hello. Thank you for joining us from San Diego, California.
1: Yes, smiling, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and you know what is so funny, uh, Clinton, I didn't even say your last name, it's Clinton Young for you listening, and for everyone, I do put all the notes, how you can connect to a guest later into the show notes, where you will be able to find them. Yeah, Clinton and I met at a event where we in seconds, I think there was a mutual understanding and I would even say a curiosity about each other. We do a few things together in this uh, similar things, but in a different way. And I would like maybe that it takes on this, uh, this route of the speaking and what drove us to speak our message to the world, right? I sit mostly at home on my couch with my plant behind and a view out to my trees and so i can hear the birds yeah and, and get my thoughts going and you clinton you travel the world maybe not so much at the moment because <laughs> you have corona but you have traveled now for a decade the world and you're bringing your message out to a little different audience so share a little bit About your passage in the word "rite of passage" comes, so there is a story Ah. probably hidden that is for you to be spoken out.
1: Yes, I love it—the rite of passage. We'll we'll back into that. I'm going to start off with just a little bit about myself. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Clinton Young, as Mylan mentioned, and I'm in what you would call an international keynote speaker. So, if you're in the speaking world, if you're not in the speaking world. What that means is when you're a keynote speaker organizations pay you to speak right whereas i also can do some free speeches once in a while uh and and a lot of times that would be called a platform speaker so if anyone's interested in speaking that's kind of a little bit of a difference different model so i'm a keynote speaker i speak at a lot of organizations companies universities a lot of entrepreneur groups as well all around the world have been very very fortunate to get on some great stages. And part of that rite of passage is speaking for free, by the way. You gotta speak for free and get the repetitions and get on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stages to elevate our awareness so that we can become more impactful. Because I'm the type of speaker uh, and also coach and mentor for aspiring speakers who I work with mission driven entrepreneurs that are out to create an impact. I don't work with people that are just trying to make a bunch of money. I work with people and I am somebody who is out to create a massive impact in the world. I just happen to use the vehicle of speaking and I help other people use the vehicle of speaking to be able to get their message out to millions. So yeah, that's a, just a little audience, bit about me.
0: You'll have a lot of people that are curious. They, they all have a, a mission. They want to have passion. They all have a calling. So it doesn't yes. matter if you come from a piecework, right? Or you're yeah. a singer, or you do music, you're an artist, life artist, ecologist. So, yeah, so they all come from all realms of work and they would be rather interested in your. Um, way of supporting them to produce and create impact.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. And I want to just say one more little piece that really um, differentiates the type of people that are probably on this call that I also work with. And I, I call myself a, a coach and mentor for aspiring world-class speakers, not just yes. aspiring speakers, but world class. And I wanna I want to just spend 30 seconds here sharing what that means. Because that does not mean somebody that wants to go out and be the next Les Brown or Tony Robbins or speaking all around the world. It can. I can help people get on stages around the world and, and teach them what to do to do that. But that's not what I mean by world class. I don't mean speaking all around the world. You can definitely do that. I also don't mean somebody's gonna go and make you know, $10,000 per speaking gig, I can help them if they want to move into that more keynote speaking role and move to that level of fee structure as well. But that's also not what I mean by world class. What I mean by world class, when we think about being an impact speaker, right, impact speaker, it is this. Every single conversation we have, whether it's one-on-one or one over video, or whether it's in person, or whether it's speaking to a thousand people in an auditorium or a hall, there is this invisible wall of resistance in a lot of cases. This invisible barrier that separates us as speakers when we're speaking a lot of times from nervousness, from our head, where most people are nervous on stage or when they're on a video, right? And we go to our heads, And there's this wall already there between us and the audience. And what becoming world-class is, is being able to distinguish and become aware of and fully identify the pieces of that wall. And then how do we dissolve that wall so that we actually can be connected to our audience and speak right to their heart? So that's what I mean by world-class, because in order to make the level of impact that I am out to make, that you're out to make, that all of your listeners that are, would classify themselves as mission-driven or purpose-driven, right? They have a purpose or they're seeking this purpose and meaning in their life, they wanna make an impact. The only way we're ever gonna be able to make the level of impact that we are born to make and that we deserve to make is by becoming a world-class speaker. World class communicator doesn't mean you have to become a professional speaker like that's what you do as your primary business. What it means is whether you're a business owner or even if you have a job, when you become a world class communicator, that's when you're able to truly impact the world and yourself. So that's what I mean yeah, by world class.
0: That in a way, it's what it, it's for me. If I in my language, it's a set and intent of your intention, so you have to become yeah. very crystal clear. And uh, say, I'm going to go out for it. And whatever comes, nothing is going to waver me away from it. Mm. So, like, I cannot not. Speak. I cannot bring wisdom to this world. If you that put me away, I could be quiet, then I would do, you know, lying down sleeping. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I cannot not do it. But yeah. this is the beautiful way, then we can. So, now to really intensify it. To move it forward with more speed, to get there with more speed, to reach more people, yeah, to use mm-hmm. the tricks of the trade in a way. It is to set a very clear intention, become very clear on what you desire to change in the world and how to impact a person, the audience as a grand, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can shoot for. Shoot, and I think about an arrow. Well, we can use uh, Gandalf's, uh, <laughs> 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 right? Uh, uh, Harry Potter's wand uh, to, to provide this healing, provide this inspiration for a single person to get into movement, into action, right? Mm. But at the same time, collectively, so people can an understanding that they can have hope and begin to believe in themselves, and that it, it's possible. And that's what you are really standing in the world for, uh, Clinton. I think you're showing everyone um, that it is possible. And the more precise you become in your trade and your vision, the better and faster you get there. So, what were some little tricks you learned yourself that got?
1: Great that. question. Great, great question, Mylon. And you were, your mind is going right where my mind was going. I, wanna, I want people to know, like, how can you accelerate on your path? Because we all have to go through the motions. There's no skipping steps. To become masterful at anything, to become world class, we need to accelerate our awareness, mm-hmm. right? We need to deepen our awareness. And there's a way to accelerate that process. So, if you look at any world class athlete, let's just say a world class athlete, if you've somebody out there when you're listening, just visualize a world class athlete and you think about what makes them different than you. Well, there might be body structure different. Like, let's say you had the same exact body type, same exact muscle structure, everything's the same same height, same weight, same everything, same physical ability. What The only thing that separates them from being world class to you, perhaps not being world class as a swimmer, for example, if we use Michael Phelps as a US swimmer, the most decorated Olympian of all time. And the only thing he has is a deepened level of awareness. He has a deepened level of awareness about himself, about his strengths, his gifts, his talents, his weaknesses. He has a deepened level of awareness of the water, the mechanics of the body in the water and how things flow. He has a deepened level of awareness around all the different strokes that he does. He has a deepened level of awareness. So as a entrepreneur, as a person that is purpose-driven, if we want to have more success and make a greater impact, we need to find ways to deepen our awareness. Right? I'm kind of simplifying this down to sort of the base, granular base unit of measure, if you will. It's just awareness. We need to deepen our awareness. So there's three ways that we can deepen our awareness. If we want to become truly world-class in whatever message we have and we have this burning desire to share this message with the world, we need to deepen our awareness. So how do we do that? We do that? I already alluded to the first step. We need to get massive repetitions. It's not sexy but it's the key to success we need to get massive repetitions we need to do it over and over and over and over it's just like a tennis swing or i'm playing this new sport in the us called pickleball it's kind of taking the world by storm if you haven't heard of it it's amazing no, I haven't. it's like ping pong and tennis had a baby and it was really really an awesome baby okay it's oh, an amazing funny. sport and it's like lazy man's tennis it's it's so much fun so if we want to deepen our awareness, we've got to get the repetitions. We can't just watch videotape. That's, we, it's important. It's good for us to watch maybe videos or read a book, but you can't read a book on becoming a world-class communicator or speaker and become world-class. You just can't. You can deepen your awareness by reading that book, but you're not going to get to world-class. You've got to get on the court or get in the gym. If we're going to use the sports analogy, we've got to get in the gym, and get the, what are called repetitions, right? In, in lifting, they call them, get the reps, right? You got to get the reps. So we've got to get on stages. We've got to get on podcasts like this. We've got to get on YouTube videos. We have to be in motion around it to do, because and every single time we do that, we're going to have a deepened level of awareness. We're going to realize, wow, the audience really responded to this key principle that I shared, that that's becoming one of my principles, right? And I work a lot, Myling, with early stage uh, entrepreneurs that, like I said, have this burning desire to share. And one of the things I share with them is you don't need to figure it all out up front. You need to be in motion and get on the court, get in the gym, get the repetition. And as you communicate over and over, you're going to start to see some of the puzzle pieces shift into place. And all of a sudden your methodology of what it is that you teach comes into focus. And now you have these principles like I'm sharing right now. I'm teaching one of the uh, principles. It's it's my three-step process to accelerate your awareness. It's the repetitions, right? The second one is watch your game tape. This sounds goofy, but like if you think about a world-class athlete, they all watch game tape they all record their video record themselves on video and they watch that video and they slow it down and they pause it and they rewind it and they like i know again this is getting very granular but this is how you develop world class mastery of anything you have to deepen your level of awareness you realize oh wow my hand was was not in the right spot on that serve or on that on that return or in speaking oh wow look at the audience they're totally tuned out when i'm talking about all these facts and details and but when I start telling stories, I notice that they lean in. I need to tell more stories. That's actually a world-class principle. Tell more stories. Facts tell, stories sell. Facts tell, stories sell. Not that you're trying to sell, but that's just a, it's just a terminology, right? Stories. And we can talk more about that. I have seven world-class speaker principles that I will give to your audience at the end for free that I've literally invested tens of thousands of dollars to get. and literally hundreds and hundreds of hours on stages to be able to get clarity around. And I'll I'll give those to your audience at the end, if you think that would be valuable. So number two is Uh, watch your game tape. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Number two is watch your game tape. And number three, just like anything that you want to deepen your level of awareness around and become a master at hire a coach, get a mentor, surround yourself with other like-minded people that are on the same mission as you, because you're going to get guidance from people that have been there, done that. And they're going to be able to help you shorten the process and accelerate your awareness. So the combination of those three things, again, sometimes people are like, Oh, well that's too simple. Well, guess what? Principles are sometimes the most simple things on the planet. But there's this ancient Chinese proverb and some people say Stephen Covey made it up, but other people say Lao Tzu made it up. And it's this, to know, And not to do is not to know. To know and not to actually do is not to know. So principles are a lot of times the most basic things. But when you develop mastery of them, you see them from a thousand different angles, not just one angle. And that's when they're internalized. And that's when they become like just the natural flow of who you be in the world. You don't even have to think about them that's when they're integrated principles. And that's what literally getting the repetitions, watching the game tape and hiring a coach so that you can get that higher level guidance. That is what's going to allow you to accelerate your awareness as a speaker. And you can use that same model for anything that you do, anything that you do.
0: Yeah, that fits in in, in, in everywhere. And so I, think at the moment which is so beautiful so many people as never before are now on virtual stages uh, provide opportunities to speak and just everyone be courageous say to yourself yes I'm gonna try and you you said also when you get a coach right you have uh, that people think alike or maybe they're not a coach but they're a friend and you go with them they want to also start so I also have a few friends and I love that because they gave me the first opportunities to be interviewed or to be on the summits right I didn't even go out for the month but I ha- had built a relationship with people where I feel very very comfortable with where I sensed oh I can be myself most of the time and then it became more clear and clear that. Oh, I really want to be myself. If I am not myself, I'm not even going to be with people or speak to people. So I, I honed into myself what makes me feel comfortable. So for me, I have to be rather uh, comfortable. I wanted something memorized. Oof! I was on stage. <laughs> I remember Las Vegas. They wanted something memorized. I had the hardest problem just memorizing a little poem that I wrote, but it gave me enough time to scan then the energy of the room. And then the stories, as you said so beautifully, Clinton, the, my own life stories, my own life experiences, because that's the story, right? It shares... It gives the opportunity for me to share my experience. People can sense the energy that was in those experiences. And that is really what creates then the inspiration, right? Because they have something to connect to. If uh, someone would just uh, pull information, it may be most of it not theirs. And the audience can sense that and feel. And also, often, everyone just start slowly because you'll notice what you become more comfortable to share from your life. Yeah. We can say we're in the story. Maybe we, it's easier to write down, but then to speak it out, to bring those tones out of you because your body tightens up if you don't right. And probably uh, Clinton, you teach people also to relax to be fully in their presence when they come as a keynote speaker, right? That everyone is looking at you because you're in in front of an audience. They want to also sense your presence. Do you walk in there with uh, uh, charm and you know what you're talking about and in a way you don't care so much about, but you just show yourself how you are. And this is also important and this comes with slowly being more of who you are practicing. Yes, I also believe Clinton. uh, There's also saying, right, you have to do something 10,000 hours and then you can do it. Exactly. Even, yeah, as a a channel at the beginning or when I started singing at the beginning, I was so scared. I couldn't share with the people. I sang to the trees. (laughs) Then I sang to some others, right? And then I enlarged the audience so you know now when the 200,000 people come to the radio show, I don't mind because I can hold that space. But physically, that's another interesting part um, is, I was really tired because now it's my sixth year, this month, I, uh, the next week <laughs> of that radio show. Uh, at the beginning, I remember I, I put down uh, at the phone, at that time was still the phone, and uh, I was tired, I had, to uh, yeah or then the energy kept me up on other days i couldn't sleep until early in the morning yeah but after a while because you practice you feel your energy you hold the energy of the audience right then suddenly you i can hang up and go to bed if i need to yeah and i I don't feel so exhausted so this is an another uh, thing that you slowly build up your vibration Right? Like an athlete too, they build up muscle. It's also the muscle because you're holding that energy within your body.
1: Yeah. You know, that's great. And there's a quote that I love uh, by Maya Angelou and she says, Mm -hmm. people don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do, but they always remember how you make them feel. So our job, anytime we have the honor, to hold a stage, whether it's a podcast interview that we're pre-recording and nobody's even listening until down the road, right? When they find it online or whether it's a YouTube video in the same manner or whether you're live in front of five people or 5,000 people, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a right, it's a responsibility, right? To be able to touch the hearts and the minds of people and, and, and. In order to access the mind, and it's my belief that in order to access the mind, we need to first access the heart, right? I I have just a little bit of credibility here. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in organizational psychology, and I've been geeking out on neuroscience and the human condition for the last 15, 20 years, right? I'm not the foremost expert, but I know more than the average person, right? And in order, it's my belief that in order to truly access the mind and that barrier that I talked about, right, that subconscious barrier that's just there, right? It's there from thousands and thousands of years of physiology of running from saber-toothed tigers, right? And there, So we, we we can go on a whole nother talk on that, but I won't, I won't go there. But in order to get there, we need to actually access the heart. And I, I actually teach three things, another three uh, sort of power of three here that I want to share really quick. So... We talked about the world-class speaker principles, right? And those are the things that uh, everybody always wants to know. What are the tips? What are the tricks, right? And tips and tricks really is it almost che- that cheapens the principle. Principles are like everlasting. Oh,
0: I like that. Right? Expression. They're
1: everlasting. Tips and tricks—they're like, eh. Those are like the little. That's not meaningful. But people want to know the principles, but that's only one leg of a three-legged stool in order to become Mm world-class. The other two you alluded to uh, wonderfully, and I'll just put another little bit more color commentary on them. And that is uh, number two, after the world-class speaker principles in no order here is authenticity. We have to be authentic, right? And what I mean by that is we have to go from our head to our heart. You see, when we're nervous, because speaking is, I think, the number one greatest fear in the world above death, it's kind of crazy, it is. Even me, by the way, out there, I've spoken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times on tons of stages all around the world to literally thousands and thousands of people. And I get nervous every single time I go up on stage, every single time. And I'm going to give you a trick right now. And, and this is, this is actually, this is a little trick and that's okay. We can have principles and we can also have tricks that allow us to trick our, our brain and our body to change physiology. You see, if you were to think about that last time you had to speak in public, right? Out there, you might've just raised your hand in a classroom or at a work setting, or maybe you were on a stage in front of a hundred people or more, or maybe you're on a video. And you had that, that physiological response, that sort of tingly feeling in your body. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That, that feeling yeah. that you if feel. You have to
0: have it so that yeah. it comes out. That's
1: a feeling of you being alive, first of all. But what, we, what our brain tells us subconsciously, we don't even think this through. We think danger. That's why we assign a meaning. Think about this. When, you, when you're walking down a path in the woods and you come, up to, and you come across the bear, Oh, my goodness, right? You're going to feel this feeling, this tingly feeling, and you're going to say danger. You're not going to say it out loud, but in your brain, it's going to say danger. Now, let's have another scenario. You're in a plane, and you have a parachute on, and you're an excited enthusiast, and you love to jump out of planes. You're going to get to the edge, and you're going to feel this feeling. It's going to be the same exact feeling, the same exact physiological response, this fight or flight type of response, these chemicals coursing through your, your, your body, the same thing's going to be happening to you, but you're going to assign the meaning, not danger, you're going to assign the meaning excitement. The only difference in those two experiences is the meaning or definition that you assigned to that feeling. It's the same exact feeling. So when we get on stage, all we need to do is we need to find a way to shift our definition or meaning of that physiological, weird little tingly feeling that we feel in our stomach and in our legs and in different parts of our body. And we need to assign the meaning. And this is what, one of the things I say, and I would write this down if anyone's listening. I say, I'm about to do something of significance.
0: Mm, I love that. And
1: as a speaker, as an entrepreneur with a message, you are about to do something of significance. You're in no danger. The only reason why we think we're in danger is because we've assigned this meaning of danger. We've let it happen unconsciously. And like you said before, you've got to have intention, right? Mm -hmm. You're just not being intentional when you're allowing that to happen. So what we can do is we can be intentional and say, I'm about to do something of significance. And we, what happens is that a lot of times that will shift our focus from our head down to our heart, right? Beautiful. And that is being authentic. That's shifting our concern from ourselves and, oh, I'm not going to look good or I'm going to sound say something stupid or they're not going to listen to me or I'm not prepared over to put yourself in the audience's shoes and get yourself over there in their heart and in their mind and. And this leads to the third principle, and that is vulnerability, right? So I said world class skill set, speaking skill set, authenticity, shifting from our head to our heart, and then vulnerability. We need to connect with the pain, the collective pain of the audience. I'm gonna say that again. We need to co- connect with the collective pain of the audience. And when you become a savvy entrepreneur and business owner or speaker or mission-driven entrepreneur, you are going to have more and more and more clarity when you work with people like Mylan or other people that maybe are your coaches or your mentors. And you're going to have more and more clarity of who you want to serve. And then you're going to find opportunities to get in front of the audiences that have a high percentage of those types of people. And when you're able to do that and you're able to truly understand your audience, your ideal person that you want to serve with whatever solution you have in your business, you're going to know automatically the collective pain of your audience. Because one of the things one of my mentors shared with me a long time ago is he said, fall in love with your audience, with your client, not with your product. Fall in love with your audience because your audience will tell you what they need. And then you design your product or your service around what they need and what they want, more importantly, what they want, right? So so we, we need to find ways to understand that collective pain of our audience. And again, as a seasoned entrepreneur, and you start to really understand your audience, you're going to know that automatically. But if you don't, and you're just starting out, well, there are ways to find out all right, who's in the audience, right? Talk to the host, the person that is bringing you on their podcast? Who's your, who's your typical person that, that you're trying to impact? Because those are probably gonna be the people that are gonna be in the audience. Okay, speak to that pain. And when you do that in a way that is, is authentic and you share stories about your life that are aligned to demonstrate and illustrate that you understand their pain and that you have a solution to solve that, that's being vulnerable. And that is when there's true connection in the audience and in the room or over the video, right? So world-class speaking skill set you've got to know those. You have to, to become world-class. And you got to get the reps and watch the video and have a coach to help you accelerate your awareness. But you also have to have vulnerability and authenticity or authenticity and vulnerability. So those are the, the three key pillars or, or legs to the three-legged stool, if you will, that yeah, you need that to cool. become world-class.
0: Yeah. And on your journey, I I heard some, uh, you speak more often. So you spoke often about also trusting your intuition, right? Your whole journey and how you also uh, take time in the middle of the day or wherever you work. That's what I found so fascinating. Even in front of people, you don't care. You meditate, a your style, right? For me, I just have to sit in the sun, boom. That's my kind yeah. of meditation I have to think about. But you you do that. So give future, uh, what did you say? Ugh, not mind-driven, um, world-class speakers. Yes. <laughs> uh, some insights how they can or... I don't want to use the word tips now. Let me think about it. You can use one. it. It's okay. Opportunity, no? Yes. Opportunity to practice and uh, to create while they also at the same time hone in to their own intuition.
1: Okay, got it. So I'm going to share something that's not speaker related, that this is this is relatable to any entrepreneur or even non-entrepreneur that, is, that has sort of... Cracked that that awareness space, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's. Uh, I'll, I'll start with this. There. Let me just write this down so I remember. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you in a moment. I will give you a little cliffhanger about what I call black sheep habits, and I'm sure. gonna give you a four a four step process to totally supercharge your awareness, your clarity of what you want, and your momentum in getting that which you want, that which you desire. I love
0: okay? momentum, bring it on. <laughs>
1: Beautiful, so we're gonna go there in one sec. Before we do that, there's two main types of people in the world. People that believe anything's possible and people that believe nothing's possible, right? So that's, that's, this is my belief. This is just kind of where I'm going here. Now, inside of the people that believe anything's possible and they, they typically have what I would say a possibility mindset or they, 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 they're positive, they're not toxic. They're not the people that you go up to and say, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, well, how are you going to do that? Right? That's not the possibility. That's more the toxic person. You kind of don't really want to surround yourself with those people. So vital who we surround ourselves with. True. So even the people that have a possibility mindset, I have found that they're in one of three places. Okay. They are, they either um, don't know what they want. They believe anything's possible, but they actually don't even know what they want, right? You ask, if you went down the road and asked 10 people, what are you passionate about? I could almost guarantee nine of them will stare at you with a blank stare and be like, wow, I've never thought of that. So that is also something that can happen when somebody's experienced a seeming failure. Like, like I'll share in a moment, I'm going to share also how I came to Have my speech be called Reigniting Your Human Spirit. Okay. And what happened to me? And then how can I help potentially a listener today that maybe experienced a failure and their confidence is shattered? And how can I help them dig out of that and and really emerge from that even more powerful than when they started? So
0: that would be wonderful.
1: Another cliffhanger here. We're going to come back to that. But that can sometimes happen when you have a failure. All of a sudden you're like, I don't even know what I want. I don't know what I want, right? So that's the first, first um, of the three types of situations for people that even have possibility mindset. They believe anything's possible, but they're like, I don't know what I want. Okay, number two is they know what they want, but they, and they believe anything's possible. They know what they want, but they just don't know how to get it, right? And maybe they're even actively seeking a coach or a mentor or the how-to, like, how do I do this? I know what I want, how do I do it, right? And then the third is the one that breaks my heart. And that's because I spent a lot of time in this third one. Okay. And anyone that's gone through any sort of failure can probably relate to what I'm about to say. And that is you believe anything's possible, right? You have this great possibility mindset. You know what you want. Yeah. You even know how to get it, but you don't believe that you can do it. Other people point. can do it, but you can't do it. It's possible, but. I can't do it. Right? So that's the one that breaks my heart the most. And I bring that up because, um, you know, there are things you can do. There are habits. And again, habits are not sexy, but they're the key to success. Habits are not sexy, but they're the key to success. So what can we do right now? Well, I have, I have uh, eight black sheep habits. I'm going to share four of them right now that are super powerful and I'm going to give you a bonus like elixir, if you will, this magical elixir that yes, just that really fires the whole thing up. So if you don't know what you want, there's a few things you can do. And some of these things, the reason why I call them black sheep habits is because a lot of the general population are not willing to do these. They think they're weird or they don't understand them. And they're like, oh, that's, that's just weird or people don't. Uh, okay, so the first one is meditation. You mentioned this already. And I even sometimes meditate in public. I don't care. I just don't care if I want to close my eyes and just be present. And if you don't know what meditation is, I would imagine most people that are listening to this know what it is, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different types of meditation, right? Sometimes I just close my eyes and I just try to think of no thoughts whatsoever. Any thought comes into play. I just let it go and release it. And I just try to see black or white, either color or any color right in front of my eyes. That's all I do. It's very simple. Right. And I just focus on my breathing. Just, and if anything happens, I don't make myself wrong for it. Just gently release it it's and just come word back word to your breath. Voice. Just come back to your breath, right? And you might sound, think that sounds goofy, but that's actually been, a, that's proven. There's actually science around this now that proves the medical benefits of meditation. And it's actually becoming a lot more mainstream, as many of you probably are aware. So it is real, right? It is real. You will start to, as you start to meditate you'll start to then have new awarenesses, new insights, clearer thinking. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'm going to give you these four right in a row. And I do them a lot of times in this order, uh, not always on the same day, sometimes back to back to back on the same day though. So you want to quiet your mind first. Meditation quiets your mind, right? There's so much chatter going on, especially in this over information, over stimulation of information that we have, these days with elections and social media and just crazy, the pandemic, all this stuff, all this fear, all this information, even when there's not crazy stuff going on, there's way too much information, right? We need to quiet our mind to tap into our intuition. We need to quiet our mind to be able to actually connect to whatever we believe our source is and get this level of connection and communication. And insight. So, meditation, that's to start. Now, what we can do is we can go out and do what I like to call contemplation. Okay, contemplation. Number two, how can we do that? Let's go take a walk in nature by ourselves. Take a walk in nature. Be in nature. Even if you live in a city, go somewhere where there's a tree, something where you feel like you are in nature. The deeper in nature, the better, but just get where there's grass, take your shoes off, walk on the grass and be by yourself. Be by yourself, she liked that. You get that negative ion exchange with the ground. It's a beautiful thing. Even if you don't understand it, there are things happening in your favor. Just like you don't need to understand how electricity works, you just flip the switch and the light turns on. Don't worry about how it works. Just know that it works, okay? It works. So contemplation will allow those things that, that were sort of that clarity that was created during meditation. Contemplation allows those things that are the right things to emerge. The right thoughts, the right connections, the right ideas will emerge and bubble up inside of this contemplation, right? Contemplation, you are actually thinking, but it's very intentional, peaceful thinking. It's like, it's like walking meditation, really. It's mindful walking meditation. You just walk in nature, be with nature and let things emerge. And a lot of times be by yourself so you don't have to talk and just let things emerge. So that's number two. These are black sheep habits, right? Because sometimes you have to be willing to stand, step away from the herd and stand out from the herd and be that sort of black sheep, kind of like being an entrepreneur. It's not the normal thing to do, right? It's, it's like you're breaking from the mold, if you will. So that's number two. Number three is when you get all these ideas, we've got to write them down. And there's power in journaling. There is power. The first time someone told me to keep a journal, I'm like, come on, that's that's silly. Or that's, you know, if you're a guy, you might be like, that's a girly thing to do. No, journal, I'm telling you, write things down, right? You don't have to write about rainbows and butterflies unless you feel that. But like, just write what happened to you that day. Right? What 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 emerged? A, a great practice is to literally wake up every morning and just to free write. Don't think about what you're going to write. Just start write, Just start moving your hand and let whatever comes once. out That's comes funny out. And, uh, it's powerful.
0: Was, my son was tiny, uh, yeah. sitting Atlanta. I would get. I did it for two weeks. I'm not a big writer, getting up early, but yeah. I did it at that time. So I started writing with no full stop, no comma, not German yeah. English mixed. No no worries. Now, then we moved over back to Germany, and a few years later, I found that book, Unpacking the Last uh, Box, nice. and I read it. I was so surprised, and this is, this is what, you're, what you're hinting to, because yeah. we have visions, right? When we contemplate, when we go yeah. through nature, we are so connected to everything that exists. Mm-hmm. All of these things happened. I looked at it, you know, I only had a, like, a, few you know, I don't know, 20 pages, 30 pages written because I did it only for two weeks. I said, oh my God, it all happened. So that yeah. is, this is what the power is of the uh, setting the intention manifesting it in, in, right, in, in the cosmos and then materializing it here on this earth. So the moment you do write it down, it's manifesting the, what yes. you thought of and that creates the materialization.
1: Totally, 100%. And just like I said earlier, um, especially if you're somebody like me who, I call myself a verbal processor, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I get my most clarity when I'm actually speaking. When I'm, I'm like speaking you- things out, that's when I get clarity. Now, not everybody's like that. But what I do find is when you're in motion, when you're in motion, if you think about water that's stagnant in, um, in, a, in a pond, it's like got some turbulence going and some eddy currents going around in circles. There's a lot of mud in the water and it's all muddy. The way to clear that is not to let it sit still, but to actually flow water through it. And it acts like a filter. And as you flow water through it, right? You just flow it through nice and gently. All of a sudden it becomes clear. So we get in our flow when we're in motion, I find. It's
0: this technicity, yeah.
1: Yeah. So so we want to journal. And as we journal and we write things down, again, things are going to solidify. We're going to start to see patterns. We're going to be like, whoa, okay, this is cool. And then you're going to have more and more awareness and more and more clarity. So journaling, and it's slippery. A lot of times these thoughts you have when you're you're meditating or you're contemplating, they're slippery, right? You'll have it and then it'll be gone. And you'll be like, dang it, what was that thing? Write it down, write it down, put a date on it. So that's number three. Number four, let's say now, fast forward, you are clear about what you want. You're like, yes, I got it. I'm clear about what I want, right? Now, in, in order to accelerate, the actual physical reality of that thing. There's a lot of science behind what I'm about to say, but we're not going to really get into a lot of it right now, but we want to do the granddaddy or grandmommy of them all, of all black sheep habits. Again, there's eight. I'm going to give you four right now. This is the fourth one. This one here is the biggest one. And it's this one right here. uh, Uh, the top fighter pilots in the world, the top entrepreneurs, top CEOs, top entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You name it, top athletes, world-class Olympic athletes, they do this fourth one. They do probably many of these, but they do this fourth one. (laughs) And there's science behind the power of this fourth one, of how it creates manifestation or things arriving in in your life. And that's visualization. Visualization. We have to visualize what it is that we want. I'm going to share a quick story about Michael Phelps. I shared about him earlier. He's a, like I said, world-class athlete. He used to be in the Olympics. I don't think he's doing anymore, but he had like he has 20, 28 gold medals, something like that. And 23 of them are gold medals. It's something ridiculous. And it's just, it's not ridiculous. It's amazing. And he says, Before every Olympics, every four years, right? He would spend eight hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. By the way, folks, that's every single day of his life for four years, eight hours a day in the pool and working out weight training or being in the pool. So actually physically working out. And even he says that visualization was his secret weapon visualization was his secret weapon. And he shares his story on a Forbes article, a video. You can probably Google this and find it. I I have it. I share this in my presentation sometimes. Um, He talks about how in the last Olympics he was in, he was doing a, I'm not a swimmer, so I don't understand the back and forth and I'm not on the metric system. So it's something like 200 meters. I have no idea. It was like eight lengths of the pool and about two lengths of the pool in. He's doing the butterfly, which is a really hard stroke, right? Where you're jumping in and out of the water and, you know, coming way up high. He said his goggles filled up completely with chlorinated water. Oh, burns. He could not see a thing. He Couldn't see a thing, Milan. And he swam the whole rest of that race, about three quarters of that race, totally blind. Not only did he win gold, he set a world record. the butterfly
0: totally in the zone
1: he was totally in the flow and he was just he visualized he could see it every single stroke every single kick every single everything about it he could see he'd already run that or erased that race hundreds of times in his mind and he won every single time so if nothing else he
0: created a rhythm and but because he couldn't see he really tuned into his own rhythm. Yeah, you're right, because they measure a stroke, they know when to turn, and they've done it so often, so it's easy to switch. But he also went into his uh, own, he trusted himself extremely, yeah. right? He could have just gotten, say, I'm done, I can't see. But there's the difference. He trusted himself. He was... Right. Confident in his actions, and he knew he has to swim. That's again where you know there's this calling. He cannot not swim, and he cannot not give up.
1: Yes. So when we visualize, it primes our brain for success. Mm. It primes our brain for success, and the the quantum physics around this we won't get into. But you start to attract things into your life. You start to become aware of things in your life that were already there that you could not see previously because you did not have that level of awareness. That's what starts to happen in your life. So there's a lot, we could talk, we could have talk about that all day. And we
0: can meet again and yeah. we can go on for hours. That's,
1: that's the fourth one, uh, the fourth powerful black sheep habit. And we'll just, we'll stop there on the black sheep habits. But if, if you're confused or if you don't know what you want or, or, or you're having challenging times, do these four practices, meditation, contemplation, journaling. Uh, contemplation is the walks in nature, journaling, and then visualization. And you tell me that magic and miracles don't start happening in your life. You just tell me, reach out to me and let me know if they don't. Okay, let yeah, me know and, if they and, do. And
0: probably the more you do your your black uh, sheep exercises, uh, everyone gets uh, more comfortable so you sense it within your own body right if you're yeah. even visualizing the right thing you become very in tune with your own movements yeah so that is why i like that you combined it that you go for a walk you feel comfortable As more and more you relax into your own vision yes and what i believe always i always say you let your vision pull you
1: yeah i love that love that that's great so I don't know if we have time to share uh, how I came up with my reigniting sure, your why human not? spirit you went story.
0: All this way, you have such okay. a vast uh, chest, uh, treasure chest.
1: <laughs> okay, so again, this speaks to anyone out there that maybe is having challenging times right now. There's obviously uh, this crazy pandemic going on, and you know, think of it what you will. It's obviously created. Uh, some changes in your lifestyle and in your business. So I experienced something similar. It wasn't a pandemic, but it was the in 2008, 2009, 2010, we obviously had a you know international global financial crisis, right? There was very challenging times for a lot of people. And so at that time I had been an entrepreneur for uh, about 4 years and I'd already done the whole corporate in in the US, so corporate America type thing and, you know, worked for several years in different director level positions and also some some basic positions as well. I went to grad school, traveled overseas, had these amazing experiences and all of a sudden I become an entrepreneur. I'm having this amazing time, amazing mentor, first time I ever made six figures and then 2008 happens. Mm -hmm. My business literally crumbles in like three months, like three months, crumbles completely my, I I lose my business. I lose my credit. I lose my property. My confidence is shattered. Mm -hmm. And here I am getting ready to walk into this broke down call center. Okay. On the first day Mm -hmm. of my brand new job, I'm going back now to a job right now in, in my life in this story. And this job I had to cold call local businesses to sell them advertising space on high school, which is like 16, 17, 18 year old, you know, education system in the U S in their high school sports calendars. And I'm making $8 an hour. I'm making minimum wage. So I went from several six figures down to that. Now there's anything wrong with that job or making that level of money, but it just felt like that was a massive step back for me. So, I'm not gonna tell you the whole story there, but my confidence is shattered, okay? Absolutely shattered. And I'm lost. I'm confused. I once believed everything was, was right in the world. I'd always been someone who followed my intuition. The, the, the story I alluded to earlier about graduate school and I lived overseas. And I always just had this feeling and I would just go do it and it would always work out. And it would usually work out better than I ever thought and in a totally different way than I even thought and it was always perfect. Even when it wasn't perfect, it's always perfect. That's one of my beliefs. And in this moment, I, I actually, well, fast forward a little bit. I'm in a seminar a couple months later. This was uh, December, no, August 2010, I believe. And I'm in a seminar. It's about 10 years ago. And I'm at the front of the room. I'm about to picture this, 200 people all around. I'm at the microphone. I'm certainly not leading this seminar. Like I said, I'm lost. I'm asking a question at the microphone. So I'm standing up in front of 200 people and the seminar leader looks right at me and he says, Clinton, you are dead inside. And I was just like, it was like a stake to the heart, right? But he spoke right to my soul, like he knew. And I was dead inside. And in that moment, I realized why I was so shattered. Why? It was because I'd always been someone who trusted my intuition. And I felt like in that moment, wow, my intuition failed me. I bought, you see, 2005, I bought these two properties, 2005, 2006. And I bought them for all the wrong reasons I see now. I bought them from the wrong people. I was was in the totally wrong area. I bought them for the wrong reasons. And they were, they were like chewing me apart. They, you know, lots of gory stories around that, like negative cash flow and just it was bad. And that definitely lent itself to my ultimate downfall. Of course, the global crisis didn't help either. But um, that definitely was a huge thing that was weighing on me. And I realized I'm standing there in the front of the room. My intuition failed me. But that was my whole like model of how the world worked. Intuition, you get a feeling, you follow it, it always works out. And I didn't realize it was in my unconscious brain, my unconscious mind. I didn't realize that I thought my, un, my, my intuition had failed me. And in that moment, I realized it. And I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. My intuition failed me. So I go and I fast forward a little bit and I start practicing the black sheep habits. Anytime one of my mentors, Justin, he always says, "If you're ever experiencing any challenging times, go inward always go inward. Don't seek for answers outward, go inward. That's where the answer is. So I start meditating. I start taking walks in nature and contemplating. I start journaling, not yet visualizing because I don't quite know what I want. Um, I am visualizing just a better life, but ultimately I'm focused on those first three. Yeah, I was healing. Totally. And on a walk in nature with my wife. I was actually with my wife this time. So you can contemplate with other people, but I like to do it alone. This day I'm with my wife. And I'm walking and I'm contemplating and I'm realized all of a sudden I realized it like hit me like a flash of lightning. I was like, Oh my goodness. My intuition didn't fail me. I failed my intuition. And that's why I was so broken up about it. You see, I remembered in that walk that it wasn't, my intuition, my intuition did say, Clinton, what are you doing? These people are not the right people. Why are you buying? You're not doing enough due diligence. You're not doing the the work here. You're buying these for the wrong reasons. And I just chose to, for whatever reason, many reasons at the time, I just put dampen them down and put them in the back of my mind and just said, forget about it. It's all, it's gonna be fine. Right. And it did speak to me, but I failed it. I failed it. So that's why I was so shattered and it just didn't, it, 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 the world didn't make sense. And I spent the next four or five years healing from that process and learning to trust my intuition again. Because when I trust my intuition, magic and miracles happen. When I trust my intuition, magic and absolute miracles. And I have an actual formula that I learned through that whole process. We could go into that and how you could actually do that. Uh, how you can literally, simple three-step formula to trust your intuition, to, to learn to hone, to, to hone into it and feel it and use it to create momentum in your life. Perhaps a, another conversation. So why is my speech called Reigniting Your Human Spirit? Well, a lot of people always say, why is it reigniting? Why isn't it just igniting? And I'm like, because when we're born, when we're little kids, when we're souls that, you know, whatever you believe, right? You, all of a sudden you're a new human on the, on the earth we have this massive light. Anything's possible. Everything's possible. We can do anything. In fact, when our moms or dads or, or people older than us, when we're little kids say, you can do anything in the world. And we're just, it falls on deaf ears. We're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually true. It's actually true. Like we can do anything. It would be a cruel joke. Cruel joke from God, source, uh, whatever you believe, whatever your higher power is, it would be a cruel joke if you had the ability to visualize something and see something and have an idea about something and not actually have the potential to achieve it. It would be a cruel joke. So, anything that you can actually see in your mind, you can actually create, you can actually have in your life. So, reigniting your human spirit, well, a lot of times things happen and our light goes out or our light gets flickered or You know, there becomes this sort of film around it and we can't see through it. We get confused or we don't believe it's possible or we don't know how to do things. Well, my speech and what my body of work is all about is how do we reignite our human spirit? How do we reignite our human spirit and unlock our full potential, access our intuition, access our true soul's purpose and live an extraordinary life and be in service to others inside of our greatest gift. How do we do that? That's, that's a, 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 in my opinion, for me, that's a life worth living and that's my vision. I'll, sh- I'll end with this. My vision is to co-create, right, and co-cause. I'm not the one, I'm not Neo from the Matrix. I'm not the only one, right? But I wanna be a part of this movement to create a global tipping point in possibility consciousness by December 31st, 2029. So we've got about a decade to do this.
0: we will be there faster.
1: Good. And that's why I'm not just a speaker coach. Like that's totally diminishes what I do. That's not what I do. I do coach and mentor people that want to become world-class speakers, but it's not because I want to help people become speakers. It's because I want and I'm committed to creating a global tipping point in possibility consciousness, and I know I can't do it alone. So I'm on a mission yes. to ignite over a thousand world-class, mission-driven entrepreneurs as world-class speakers inside of that same time frame, inside of the next decade, to help me uplift humanity. So that's my mission, and that's my vision.
0: Uh, everyone who's meet you they'll just uh, be able to synchronize (laughs) that's what i love right this is so the power why when we find someone we uh, sense there is something to uh, discover right it's it's because they they carry or you do carry so much information because you have lived it again you have You went through these experiences. So you're teaching really what you've discovered, how you dissolved uh, the trauma and, uh, you know, feeling it close and then open up again. Hmm. And it's easy then for anyone while get uh, to synchronize to your wisdom. So the easy way, everyone, meet him, stand next to him and go like, (laughs) 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 and you get a lot of it. Yeah. People, Going back to intuition, that's how we can pull a lot of information already, right? Yes. We don't need to speak so much. But at the moment, everyone do connect with Clinton because I think he has a lot more to offer than he's speaking about and even voicing. And I think, Clinton, that will change also for you. You're going to share much more of what is inside you and there are things you can't fathom yet that you will be speaking (laughs) yes about we're just scratching the surface drives you, and that what drives you yeah Yeah. i think that's and uh i can't wait to meet all of your thousand plus new world-class speakers Um, they have a platform here (laughs) right so i can shine shed some light on them to get this a big calling to change this earth to heal this earth to help us humans to get this clarity again what our natural state feels like that they can experience how this state feels like when we're connected to everything and understand everything and sing the same song right Speak yeah the same language yes it will be a fantastic day and i believe we'll it's coming faster than uh, 29 because there is speed that is uh, building up. So everyone, yes. this is going. It's not going to be easy. There comes rough time. I do have to say that with a big smile because I sense what's coming behind. And let's it be be a, an adventure. See it as an adventure and travel with it. And you got a lot of tips today from Clinton to use his uh, black sheep habits tips, right? To familiarize, always connect to nature. You have him, you have me, and many others that are speaking already for a while. Ask them, connect to them. Don't be afraid, we don't bite. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Or come learn with Clinton, whatever you desire, or watch his YouTube, so you have probably a lot. Yes. So...
1: So would you like to give me to give away my my top 7 world class speaker principles?
0: Yes, that would be that would be a huge gift to everyone. Yes.
1: Okay, excellent. I'm going to do that and then I'm going to end with a six word story. Okay. Only six words, okay? It sort of sums up what I believe and what I think can help people on this this call and this this podcast and video. So these top 7 world class speaker principles, just to give you some context, literally just one of these I paid one of my mentors who is a world-class speaker over $5,000 just for this, for one of these, just for one of these. And that one alone has allowed me to earn tens of thousands of dollars as a speaker and entrepreneur with a message. Uh, And more importantly, it's allowed me to become and move into my goal and my vision of becoming a world-class speaker. So... Uh, there's a lot of value in these. I'm going to give you all seven for free. And these are things that I've learned again from my own hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours on stages, as well as from some of the top speakers out there on the planet that are committed to moving humanity forward. Mm -hmm. So you can get all seven for free at worldclassspeakersecrets.com. So if you spell that out, worldclassspeakersecrets.com, you can get all seven of those. And I actually have a bonus eighth as well that I put in there. Uh, So if you do that, go there now and grab those. I'm sure uh, Mylan will put them in the show notes, the link, and I'll I'll make sure you have the the appropriate link. If anyone would also like to just connect with me as well, uh, you can go to clintonyoung.com. That's just my main website. Uh, you can see me speak on there as well. And there's also a button there to get over to worldclassspeakersecrets.com, And then I want to end, if it's okay, I want to end with a six-word story. Please. Okay. And this is what I challenge everybody listening on this call and this video today. And that is to think big, say yes, and take action. Think big, say yes and take action, and magic and miracles will open up in your life. Thank you, Mylan, so much for allowing me to contribute to your audience and, uh, and get more further connected with you as well. Uh, really had a great time today. Thanks again. Oh,
0: well spoken, Clinton. Thank you for, uh, very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the Moving to Oneness podcast. So everyone, I wish you a wonderful time Uh, digesting what you've soaked up while you were listening to Clinton and act on his uh, tips, on his wisdom and implement it. Because also I believe when you raise a certain amount of currency, we can or you can implement it into the healing of this earth for people, for animals. Uh, as a landscape architect yeah my big vision is also to plant a lot of tree um, uh, plants that are suited for their specific ecology and this is the very good vehicle to get there very fast so on your mission so everyone have a wonderful time this is Mylene. goodbye <laughs>